Welcome back to this special edition of the Swim Swam Breakdown. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges, coming to you from Austin, Texas, joined by Yen Yin Lee from Evanston, Illinois. We are here to preview the 2024 Doha World Championships. It's a strange world championships. Uh, if you didn't already know, it's happening in February. Normally, world championships do not happen at that time. But because of the COVID pandemic and, and things getting pushed around in the international swimming schedule, we're having a world championships in February. Uh, I think the most intriguing storyline overall for this world championships, it's kind of like a conference meet, which is which is timely because it's bumping right up against Coleman, NCAA that's, conference That's season. a very American way of thinking. Well, because we don't, you don't always know what, how prepared or rested or tapered swimmers are going into conference meets. I just and, wanted to make an American short course yards joke. <laughs> but, but it's like, we don't know how all of these athletes, how prepared they are or what kind of preparation they have coming into this meet. So it's going to be really interesting to see who swims well, who doesn't swim well, and how those performances follow them leading into their respective Olympic trials and the Olympic games. Uh, but I do want to start the conversation with this, this week on swim swim, our, uh, weekly a three performance poll was what value would you give a medal from the 2024 world championships compared to a normal edition, 25%, 50%, 75%, a hundred percent or less than 25%. Uh, Yin Yin, what, what value would you give a medal from this world championships? I saw most people said 50% and that's what I'm going to go with. It's still a pretty impressive field and a world championships is a world championships. But again, when so many of the nation's top stars aren't competing, it doesn't really feel like a world you're a world champion because you're not the best in the world and i feel like obviously to a lesser extent the same can be applied to medals from the 2022 world championship because we know we all know that was a really weird year and just we know that even if you were world champion that year that doesn't mean you were the best in the world mm -hmm. agreed uh i mean by by the same token, I feel like short course worlds are often in, in a similar boat where half the time at short course world championships, it's coming off of the Olympics. And so a lot of people are not back into the swing of racing or have taken an extended break and are just aren't competing at that time. <clears throat> and so short course worlds is always kind of a mixed bag of, of the competitors you get. And so it's, I voted 75%. Because I think this is kind of like a 1B championships. Like, I am a world champion, but or a world championship medalist, but it was at this world championships, which I think gives you a lot of credit, but not quite the full, right? Like, to me, yeah. that's, that's kind of like the 75% option. It was pretty split. The 50% was 30, is at 38% right now. Um, as in 38% of the people who voted chose 50%. The next option was 
with 23%, and then 19, 19% said this should count as 100%, 11% of the people said 25%, and then 10% said less than 25%. So it's pretty pretty even split there. I know that was a lot of percents. I'm sorry mm-hmm. for, for that, listeners, but... Um, so it's interesting, right? It's, it's, it's a weird world championships at a weird time. Some events are stacked. Some events are pretty, pretty not stacked. I feel like Um, we need to limit the usage of the word stacked because it is a very swim swam word and we we use it a lot. You think so? Yeah. It's a very swim swam, swim swam stacked. Um, a lot of events are top heavy and a lot of events are not. So we're we're gonna preview some of those top heavy events uh, in today's podcast uh, to to get you the listeners excited for this World Championships because I think that no matter who is there and who isn't there, it's gonna be a really exciting meet. There's, we're gonna see some fast swimming. We just don't know quite from where yet. Kind of sucks that it's at 10 a.m. The finals are at 10 a.m. every single day of the week. That is exactly when I have class. So <laughs> I, I will not be watching World Championships. I will not be covering it, unfortunately. But I'm very excited to see the results. Uh, for listeners out there, that's 10 a.m. Central, Central U.S. Central time. time. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be 11 a.m. Eastern, yeah. 8 a.m. Pacific. That's finals, not prelims. Yeah. Uh, so finals every day. So yeah. I honestly, I love that. I, I get to wake up get my morning started a little bit and then at 10 a.m tune in for finals and kind of spend the majority of the day doing work or covering it so for me it works great kind of annoying because when i used to cover worlds over the summer the finals would just be ridiculously early yeah yeah it's sometimes it works out really weird um i yeah when it's in like fukuoka or tokyo it's like 6 a.m finals and Mm -hmm. that is pretty intense, but I think that's what the Olympics were. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry, that's not. But that's what World Champs in. Yeah, because because the Olympics they the changed the times to specifically appeal to American viewers. It was all right. <clears throat> so, yeah. So finals start this Sunday uh, again at, at 10 a.m. Central U.S. time. Super um, Bowl Sunday. Super Bowl Sunday. You can get your swimming fix in the morning and your football fix in the afternoon. Uh, so it's a perfect split. And then, yeah, it's a, it's an eight day world championships with a pretty typical world champ schedule. Um, so let's, let's dive into some of the events that we're looking forward to. I want to start with a bang. I want to start with the men's relays. <laughs> we put out our relays? preview. That's what you're most excited for. <laughs> because the 400 free relay on the men's side and the women's side, I assume is day one. Yeah, but no one's going to be racing it. Actually, no. That's maybe not true. The maybe the men's. The, the, the men's is a really stat. It, it looks like a. it's going to be a really fun yeah, event. The, the, the top swimmers aren't going to be there. I, I don't think. Maybe Cameron McAvoy for Australia. I don't. I'm totally so. unconvinced Cam McAvoy swims the forwarded free relay. I, but I like, who else would swim it? There's. They don't have Kyle Chalmers. There's no. Yeah, but the thing is, like, they'd have to talk him into swimming it. Okay, like, I don't think he wants to. <clears throat> there's not that many split freestyles on, on the U.S. team either. It's Shane Casas. That's that's basically it. 
So Luke Hobson, but that's so misleading. Luke um, Hobson? Because he's going to swim the 100 free? Well, he has a best time flat start of 48.9. I, so I, yeah, I think Luke Hobson could absolutely split a 48 mid to 48 low. And I think at that World Championships, that sorry, at this World Championships, that's a great split. Uh, Matt King, who was on our relay this summer. Oh, and, right, right, Matt King's. And then Carson Foster, whose best flat start time is 49.3, is listed in this preview article, but he's split 48 uh, at World Juniors four, four and a half years ago. And I think it's very safe to say he's improved as an athlete since then. So like I I have no doubt he can throw down at least a 487 but maybe a 482. Like, I'm not very excited to see makeshift relays of a country's not really top swimmers. <laughs> be, well, maybe for the Americans it it'll be interesting to see if there's any dark horse contenders to maybe go on the 4 by 100 during Paris for Paris. But other than that, I, I just don't, I just don't find it very interesting. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I think it's interesting. This is, this is also why it's like a conference meet because this is like a precursor to the big meet, right? You, you see things at conference meets and you're like, okay, what does that mean for NC2As? We see things at this meet, um, like a Cam McAvoy swimming a 400 free relay, if he does that. And you think, Okay, if he goes, if he splits 47.5, if he splits 48.5, you're like, could he be on Australia's relay? Um, if he splits 48.0, if he splits, you know, it's like there's there's a lot of possibilities. I mean, um, I do. Well, same that for is Italy. What I do like about this meet is that it is a sort of testing run meet, but I was mainly thinking about that for the individual events and not so much the relays because. I don't think they're going to be prioritized by most countries. But we know they're going to be prior. This relay oh, will be prioritized by Great Britain. Yeah, yes, definitely. For Great Britain, yes. So For Matt, every country not named U.S. and Australia, yes. Right. So it's like it, Matt Richards, Duncan Scott, Jacob Whittle, and Tom Dean are all there for Great Britain. We know that they're prioritizing this relay because they were DQ'd at the World Championships, so they have not officially qualified this four men's 400 free relay for the Olympics yet. Therefore they're going to go all out for this relay because they have a very legitimate shot at winning an Olympic title in it. And then we get to see how good they are and then <laughs> how good the rest of the, these makeshift teams are. Um, so I think it will be very fun to see teams like China, Australia, USA, and Italy fighting for, what we think will be silver and bronze medals um, with, with, you know, essentially B teams. Yeah. Um, and then when you look at the men's 400 medley relay again, and I think it will just be interesting to see what different countries do with who they have and how they react to that. Because like in our, for instance, in our preview, <laughs> we have Spain, in contention for a medal in the 400 medley relay, which we don't normally see, but it's like, okay, like what, what's Hugo Gonzalez going to do now that he might have a long course focus? What's Carlos Cole Marti, uh, who swims for Virginia tech going to do it, it with it, with, with, with an Olympic 
semifinal or final in mind for him, perhaps. So I think from that perspective, uh, these men's relays could be really interesting. And then, of course, just how how the U.S. is going to stack up our medley relay. Right now, it looks like Hunter Armstrong, Nick Fink, Shane Casas, Matt King. I mean, that's a really good relay. That's, that's probably what they're going to go for. And that, that is a decent relay lineup. And that's interesting because it could be the case where none of those swimmers swim on the Olympic relay. Hunter Armstrong. Nick Fink probably will. He probably will, but there's yeah. a chance he could not. There, there's a chance, but I think he most likely will. But, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, the, I, the 800 free relay is not that interesting to me. Um, but I, I did, I do think the foreign free relay on day one is, is a great way to start for the men. So let's jump over to the women. Um, I want to start with the sprint free on the women's side. No, that, that I can agree is a very, <laughs> what intrigues you the most about, uh, the 50 and hundred free on the women's side? Well, I want to start off with the hundred free just because I think this is one of the fields where you're getting most of the Olympic contenders. Obviously, Molly O'Callaghan, the two-time world champion, is missing. But you've got Shabon Holly, Shayna Jack, Merritt Steenbergen, Kate Douglas. Sarah Schoistrom is going to be in this, which I think is really interesting. I'm very excited to see her swim 100 free because she, doesn't, she hasn't done that individually in a long time. And I think... Even without the world champion, there's still a lot of top-end talent in this race. And I think it could go any way, especially at a strange meet like this. Like, Shabon Ha is the favorite, but I, I'm not as confident about her winning this as I am for her in the 200, where she's two seconds ahead of the rest of the field. So I think this, this is just going to be a really competitive race, and I'm really excited to see who comes out on top. Yeah, I mean, looking at this, you see six women who could easily be in the Olympic final. It basically could be those six plus another another Aussie uh, or two. There's already one Australian in there. Um, but you think, like, one more Australian, one more American is what I think, and, like, that could be easily be the Olympic final. However, uh, Showstrom will be... I think a highlight for me as well, seeing what she can do. She's been 53 two this season, which is a great in season swim already versus how Siobhan carries herself through the season where she swims fast pretty much all the time uh, and how she carries that momentum into these world championships. She's already been 52 two this season, which is her career best time. That's, you know, three tenths off of Showstrom's world record. So them, those two going head to head will be really exciting. And then we get to throw in Kate Douglas, Merritt Steenberg and Shayna Jack and see what they can bring to the mix as well. Yeah. And Kate Douglas, she has that same double that she had at world champs with the 200 breasts coming after the hundred free. So I'm very interested to see, how she handles this double the second time around. I know she said, I, I was listening to her on the Kickset podcast a few days ago, but she said she's like doing world championships. And I think she, she told you this as well in an interview. Like she's just basically loading up all her events just to have the experience of racing so much because that's just the kind of swimmer that she is. 
I mean, and we know that she she is also another swimmer who can throw down fast times pretty much whenever. We saw her mm-hmm. in in Knoxville in January break a decades old sorry decade old American record in the tuner breast while going two oh seven low or two oh seven something in the two hundred IM in a time trial. So it's like she seems ready. Hopefully the travel didn't doesn't throw her too much and she can, you know, put up put up some really good times. But I think even for her that that's a tough double. And to to perform in both will be challenging, especially with the hundred free being what it is. Maybe the two hundred breast field will be kind of light and uh she'll she'll get to cruise I mean, it. It is. She's like a, she's a heavy favorite in the two hundred breast. It it seems like Tess Shooten is her only yeah. stiff competition yeah. there and she's still considerably ahead of test and if you look at the times on paper yeah so uh moving to the 50 free i i don't think this one is quite as intriguing yeah. just because sarah showstrom i just want to point out i think sarah showstrom is one of the most exciting swimmers in the sport of swimming because she's just so ridiculous her, we talk so much about Katie Ledecky's dominance, but her dominance at this age and the way she's been doing this for 15 or so years is just crazy. And she's still she's still so good. I feel like she's gotten better since Tokyo. And obviously she was hurt then, but she, I think this where she's at right now is probably the best that she's looked since 2017. And that's just so exciting for a swimmer like her and the narrative that she has being from a smaller country like Sweden. Obviously, Sweden has had its successful swimmers, but that it's still just cool to see and to see that she's this dominant force in the 53, which is so hard. It's so hard to be that dominant in such a short event, but she's doing it in two 50-stroke events, and that's just very cool for me to see. Sorry, I, I just went on that spiel, but uh, it was needed. <laughs> it was it was needed. The spiel we needed. Uh, I mean, I think the only real blemish on uh, on her career is not having an Olympic title in those sprint free events, mm-hmm. of which she is the world record holder in both. Um, but it would be super cool to see her get that in Paris, and I think this hopefully will be a great stepping stone for her. She's going for world title number six in a row in the 50 fly, which is insane. And then in the 50 free, uh, she won in 2017. I think she was still, she was uh, second in 2019 and then won in 2022 and 23 in the 50 meter freestyle. Yeah. So she's going for, the three Pete, as it were, um, even though you don't normally have three world championships in two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, but she's she's won numerous world titles in the fifty free, and to to add another one, which it seems like it will again, a seven even a seventy five percent one, she is adding to that historic legacy. Yeah. And I don't really see yeah. anyone. Yeah. Shayna Jack will be in that field. <clears throat> Uh, Merritt Steenbergen, Kasha Wasik, 
who's now training in Dallas, if you didn't know, with uh, Coley. Sorry, not Coley Stickles. With you report that we did. She's training in Dallas at, at SMU with Ozzy, uh, Cavedo, and mm-hmm. Santo Condarelli. That that would make sense. Yeah, um, I don't really. I don't actually know why she moved from Vegas to Dallas. You know, but... she's been swimming at. Never mind. She's been doing that just in general. I was going to say, I know she's been swimming in a lot of American meets, but that's just, that's not a new thing. Yeah. But uh, again, I think, I think Showstrom um, is the hands down favorite. Yeah, it's just exciting to see what time she's going to throw down like that. That's just really exciting. Yeah. We, again, we don't get Katie Ledecky at this meet, but we do get Sarah Showstrom, yeah. which is again, a, a win for the history books. Uh, and let's go to the men's sprint freeze. The 50 and the 100, two very different fields. Yeah. I think the men's freestyle, similar to the women's side, where the 50 free, there's a pretty obvious favorite. If Cameron McAvoy can pull off the dominance he had at World Championships last year, whereas the 100 free could go many ways. Because I think Han Jenla is the favorite because of what he did at the Asian Games. But then you've got the reigning world champion in Matthew Richards. And you've got a bunch of other pretty fast swimmers, like Alessandro Moresi, who's just very consistent. Mm-hmm. Nandor Nemeth, Jack, Car- Jack Cartwright, uh, <laughs> Matt King. Well, yeah, I think Jack Cartwright is another one of the swimmers who, like, made a pretty big jump this Olympic cycle. <laughs> um, what was laughing over Jack? The, I'm, I'm laughing because this is an obvious typo. Sorry to laugh at our own. The, uh, on our preview, it says Jack Cartwright's season best is 47.8 and his career best is 49.4. And obviously <laughs> that doesn't line up, but um, Jack Cartwright a serious threat for for medals in this 100 freestyle. Yeah, he went his first PB since 2017 last year. <clears throat> um good for him. Yeah, I think the the 100 free has a lot of those guys who are more 100 200 guys which we've seen that trend continue yeah. where a lot of guys are either swimming the 100 or the 50 but not a lot of mix and match into both of those. Um as exemplified, Nandor Nimeth, Matt Richards, Huang Sun Wu, Alessandro Moresi, all got, sorry, Moresi doesn't really swim the tuner free, um, but. He's not really a 50 guy either. Right. You, you have, a, you have these guys who are just kind of, kind of hundred guys. Yeah, um, David Popovich, Kyle Chalmers, yeah. <clears throat> a lot of guys who are not really focused on the 50. Um, but, uh, I think I think Pan Jean Le, as as you said, is is the favorite just because of the year he's had and how he's been able to consistently throw down forty seven lows. He has a career best of forty six nine, which he went last season. Um, and then you've got guys like Huang Sun Wu, Matt Richards, and Moresi, who we think will be chasing. Um, but do you think? that taking it out fast will favor someone in this field um, because it is such a 200 heavy field. Do you think everyone's going to be waiting to make their move on the back half? Or do you think that if someone takes it out, 
they're going to pay for it at the end because it's such mm. a back half heavy field. I think it depends. Depends on who's the leader and who's the back half, the, the strongest people in the back half. Because when we talk about a full on field, you've got guys like Caleb Dressel, Kyle Thomas, Maxime Gousset, who are very, very, very much Josh Liendo, very much like sprint heavy and they're like a lot bigger and they usually take it out fast and there's a lot of stuff about drag and stuff. And I don't think this field will have the same issue in terms of that, but also you never really know with these things until you watch the race happen. And I, I don't know what more to say about this. I, I just think definitely it'll be interesting to see this is a very different field and there's going to be different dynamics. Yeah. That, I, I asked that because I do think fortune will favor the bold in this particular race. You don't have, <clears throat> you don't have Caleb Dressel, David Popovich or Kyle Chalmers who are the reigning Olympic and world champions of the last three seasons. Right. And so without those kind of biggest dogs in play, I think a lot of people will be relying on that second half and maybe not pushing the race as much. So I think if, if one of those guys can figure out, okay, I can take it out. I can actually push the front half maybe to my limit. And if I can find that limit and get out ahead of the field, I know I have the back half to back up, to back it up as good as any of these other guys do. So I think my, my prediction for this final is whoever, if someone can find a way to take it out, then all of these guys have a great back half. Um, so I think I, again, I think fortune will favor the bold in this race. That's my prediction. I don't, I don't know who, who is going to do that. Though. Yeah. But I think that's the same thing as saying, Oh, imagine how good Kyle Thomas would be if he had Caleb Dressel start and th that kind of conversation. I just don't, I just don't think it's like as easy said than done to have a good front half and also have a good back half. I do too, but I think all of those, like, I think that's what a lot of these guys train for. And I think if, if someone can execute it, the thing is like, it's, it's, it's a lot easier to talk about specifics with certain people. Like we know Kyle Chalmers race plan, right? Like he was never going to flip first at the wall. Like Caleb Dressel is never going to flip last at the wall, right? Or sorry, at the 50 wall. Like we kind of know those things about these swimmers, but I think because the a lot of these guys are on a more even playing field and we don't know their, their strategies quite as well because they haven't been at the very top on a consistent basis, then I think it lends more of a chance for someone to seize an opportunity to try something different and see if it works. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's my very vague prediction. <clears throat> we'll see how that goes. We will see. Let's turn to the 50 free on the men's side. Who do you like here? I want to say Cameron McAvoy and I think it will end up being him, but you really, never know and i think his situation is different from sarah soystrom 
because Sarah Soystrom for at least the last two years has been consistently dominant in the 53. Whereas with Cam McAvoy, we saw him swim 20, go 21-0 once. And I'm not saying he can't do it again, but I just have less confidence in him doing it again than I do in someone like Sarah Schwester for the women's race. And yeah, Cameron McAvoy has been 21-2, 21-3. That's still considerably faster than the rest of the field here. But I think, wait, no. Ben Proud has been 21-3 in 2022 but but just i want to see him replicate that to know that he can consistently do it agreed um and we also haven't seen cam mcavoy swim fast a lot outside of championship meets and that's not a knock on him that's just kind of it's february and some people don't really don't swim fast in season or don't <clears throat> swim fast until a trials or a or a, an olympic games or a real world championships and this is again a 1b world championships to me and that's why i kind of like been proud for this race is because he can he has proven that he can swim fast uh at more times than just at a 1a world championships or olympic games or a trials meet we saw him do it all the time in the ISL. Um, and I think he, he also, we saw him do it when he won European Championship, World Championship, Short Course World Championship, and Commonwealth Games all in like the span of six months. Um, and so I, I like, I like Ben Proud going into this race. They also kind of meet in the middle um, in terms of just geography. And, been proud having lived in the time zone thing (laughs) oh yeah uh been proud also lived in asia for a while so i like been proud for this one okay that's all i'm saying this is just giving me so many flashbacks to the silly arguments that everyone had during world championships like oh my god team usa was in singapore and it messed them all up um blah 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 blah. i don't don't know (laughs) That's just really funny to me. I I do feel like it's 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 a factor that I think can't be ignored, and I'm not saying it's an excuse, but it it is like jet lag is real. You know what? I think Cameron McAvoy will win because Australians only swim fast in Asia. Fair enough. <laughs> That's uh, I think I think at this point that's a legitimate argument. <laughs> uh, let's switch over to men's distance freestyle because we we will see some real heavy hitters in this. First off, sink or swim, Ahmed Hafnawi. Will he compete at this meet? I'm gonna swim it. Why not? <laughs> Like, why why would he not he's not in college he's not doing anything i feel like we just never have a super good read on him no as in we just never really know what's going on and uh i hope he does certainly i would love to see it i especially again this is another case of of someone 
putting up stellar performances at the world championships. And so it would be lovely to see another data point of him backing those swims up. Mm -hmm. And I think (laughs) swim swim has him winning triple silver, which I think is pretty bold. I think over, I think Daniel Whiffen was, we have Whiffen winning triple gold. Oh my God. In the four, eight and 1500 freestyles. I think, I don't think, Half now he's getting triple silver, and I don't think Whiffen's getting triple gold. I think there will be at least one other person in there who will mess with things. Either Elijah Whittington, who we have to remember was the 2022 world champion, 341 low in the 403, still pretty good time. Um, Lucas Martins is going to be there. He he had a pretty decent meet. It's it's not just black and white. It's not just Whiffen and. The, the, it's not just one or the other mm-hmm. within or Hefnawi. I think men's distance, even in a condensed world champ, even in a watered down world championships like this, men's distance is competitive and you never know what's going to happen. Right. The, I mean, yeah, men's distance swimming is the healthiest it's ever been. <laughs> I think uh, the most robust. Um, even without Bobby Fink, Sam Short, and Lucas Martins in the men's 800 free, you still have Dan Whiffen, Half Nowy, Romanchuk, Paltrinieri, and Florian Welbrock, among others. Uh, I feel like I, I would give the... Only swimming the 200-400 strange. That's... Say that again? I find it strange that Martins is only swimming the 200 and 400. I don't know. If I was him, I might do that too. He's really yeah. good at those. This sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would give Whiffen the the eight hundred, but I think I I kind of like uh, someone else for the fifteen. <laughs> and like half now, I could do it. Paltrinieri could do it. Wellbrock could do it. Romanchuk could do it. Like all of those, the God, all of their best times are within five seconds. It's, it's just crazy. But I think, I think we'll see uh, more variance there just because again, there's more opportunities to play with race strategies here. So I think if someone, if someone executes well in one race, there's still a lot more opportunity for another person to execute well in another race. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't buy triple silver for half now and no. triple gold for, yeah, I think it'll be a lot less predictable <laughs> than that. Agreed. Um, and again, I, it, you just don't know where everyone's yeah, going to be. Coming yeah. this meet. Especially with half now. And he, he's had a history of just, we don't know what's going on with him. And I feel like, I thought that would be resolved because he's an NCA. He was an NCA swimmer, but now he's not, and now we're back to being in the dark. <laughs> yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> I thought we would have some stability there, and we don't. So nope. maybe one day. Uh, let's shift to women's breaststroke, where we've got. We've got a lot of good events. Um, 50 breasts. We have Ruta Melutite. We have Benedetta Palato. We have Laura Van Niekirk. I feel like it's safe to say 
that will be the podium. However, we have Anita Batazzo of Italy, who's been 30.0. Uh, we have Tang Qianting of China, who's been 30.0. And then we have Sophie Hansen, Mona McSherry, among others, who, who have serious shots at making noise. Um, do you think anyone will beat out those top three for a spot on the 50 breast podium, though? Um, 50 breast. I think 10, 10 Kanting. I don't know if it was her who broke the Chinese record or someone else, but some Chinese swimmer went um, 30.0. Oh, the- sorry. Tang, t- it was Tang. Her lifetime best is 9.9. Uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah, twenty nine nine. Yeah, yeah. I think she she definitely has a shot. Um, I think honestly, any swimmer who's been under who's close to breaking thirty has a chance at podiuming. And I think I think Ruda's is a favorite because she's been on the tear for the last two years. But she's also not the fastest in season swimmer, I feel like, because she, she didn't do great at the World Cup circuit. I know she was sick, but just she's someone who shows up and pulls it off at big meets. You don't really see her you don't really see headlines about her throughout throughout the year of her just doing ridiculous things. Like you, she's one of those swimmers, sort of like half Nowy, where she shows up at the big meets and blows you away completely. Mm-hmm. I agree with you, and I think that's why she will perform at this meet, because even if it's 75%, it's still a world championships. And mm-hmm. I think I think Ruda does have that clutch factor. Yeah. Um, and so I, I see her winning the 50 and the 100 here. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's shift to the 100. I think I agree She's with you. She's well in the on 100. The f- She's been the breaststroke story of, of the last few <clears> months. Okay, who's gonna who's gonna place higher in the hunter breast, Siobhan Howie, or Kate Douglas? I'm not sure if Kate Douglas is gonna end up swimming the hundred breast. What? Come on. Okay, assuming they do. Oh God, I'm gonna. I'm She's interested. Howie has been better than Douglas and has beaten Douglas in the past, and I think. Hmm. Like, there's no purpose in Shabon Hawaii swimming this event. It's just zero pressure for it all. And with Kate Douglas, like, if she ends up swimming, like, she's thinking about, like, the implications for her 200 breasts, whereas Hawaii's just doing it for fun. And I think that will give Hawaii an edge. I'm telling Kate you said that. Okay. <clears throat> uh, I think I think that's the safe, safe choice. We yeah. haven't seen kate douglas pop in this event right yeah no and and it is one of six for her at this meet yeah so i don't think a it's the focus and b she's she's necessarily figured it out yeah in this one yet yeah Um, and she doesn't need to figure i mean she she does for the 200 breasts but it's not her priority like swimming a good 100 breasts like won't be her priority here yeah uh, have you confirmed is Shabon Howie entered in the hunter breast? Yes, she, she is. is. We don't even have her making the final. Oh, weird. Is it, is it conflicting with something? 
I'm guessing that's is. probably the reason. Um, I uh, event number fifteen and event number eleven. Yeah, I think it conflicts with the tuner free. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Three additional Yeah. So we'll see. She recently it's unclear if she will even swim the event due to its conflict with the tuner free. That is bogus. <clears throat> I hope she swims it. Yeah. It'd be if she did there, it doesn't hurt. She's gonna win the two hundred free anyways. If yeah, <laughs> it's like no, no contest there. Um, I think it's bold that we had Tess Shoten finishing fourth. Why do you think she should be higher or lower? I do think she should be higher. I think she's. I think her star is is mm -hmm. continuing to rise. She. I think, yeah, I think her her and Mona McSherry. Mo Mona McSherry has been phenomenal recently. Long yeah. course, short course. I think she's due for a medal. And I mean, like on paper, she is fourth right now, um, behind Ruta, Mona, and Pilato. No, well, she's, she's oh. ahead of Ruta. But I get why we put Ruta winning. A anyway, I think Tess Shoten will medal. That's yeah. my hot take for the yeah. women's breast. And yeah, the I think Shuten will medal over Pilato. I feel like Shuten has been more. I don't know. She's been more consistent than Pilato has. I also just feel safer betting on someone who I know has closing speed <laughs> versus oh. someone who goes out like a mad person and tries oh, to yeah. hang on. Yeah. And we know we know Tess Shoten's gonna close. Yeah. Um okay. I'm looking at the women's fifty fly, and the only thing I want to know is do you think Kate Douglas is gonna win a medal? In the women's 50 fly. We have her at silver. I didn't even know she was swimming the 50 fly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's just, hey, let's take a break and list Kate Douglas's events. 100 breast, 200 breast, 200 IM, 50 fly, 100 free, and I think 50 free. Um, Sarah Schuster. A lot of events. Melanie Hanique is very good. She medaled at Worlds in 2022. I think, and this is her best event. I think she right. has the upper hand over someone like Kate Douglas, who's, I don't even know if she's going to end up swimming. Her career best is 26 2. Hanik or Douglas? No, oh, Kate Douglas. 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 Is, Which, is that from taking out the 100 fly? I feel like it is. Probably. I mean, I don't think she's ever even swum it. Yeah. And for Farida Osman's in this field, she's been a medalist in the 50 fly a few times. Yeah. She's very good. Train back training at Cal with Dave Durden and I David don't Marsh. Kate Douglas is gonna medal in this event because I don't think she She can't medal in everything. I'm telling her you said that. <laughs> Yen Yen Lee from Swim Swam said this. Kate, Kate. Yen Yen doesn't think you can win six medals. <laughs> um I don't think she'll medal in this. I mean, like, what? Come on. If she wins six medals, then, like, she's going to win six medals at the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I say. Yeah. Like, she's... Then then she's ascended. But I... It's like... Yeah. I don't know. 50... I don't... I don't see it. 
26-2. Again, I think this is another event that she just isn't isn't there in long course. Yeah. Um, I think long course, it's yards, it's a lot easier to just be like, oh, I'm really good at walls, so I'm really good at all of these yeah, events. Yeah, it's not. It's, that's why yards <laughs> and versatility like always makes me laugh. Because it's very impressive to be versatile, but so much of that versatile versatility is like, if you have good underwaters, if you have good walls, right. you can swim everything. Whereas long course, you do have to be more dialed in event by event. Yeah. Uh, which I think is why people like, which is why Michael Phelps was such an anomaly winning yeah. five individual yeah. events at a single meet, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, so it's like I that's it's really hard. If this was a short course worlds, no question I would say Kate Douglas winning six medals. Yeah. But this is not. Yeah. Uh okay. Another another just um question about yeah. swimmers. Like Sorry, this is about US swimmers if you're not a US, but we're American, so I'm gonna ask about American swimmers. Michael Andrew, do you see him winning an individual medal? He is swimming all four 50s, a.k.a. the best event lineup ever. I saw the DraftKings odd. He's the favorite in the 50 fly, even though Diego Rubiro is a world's medalist, reigning mm -hmm. world's medalist. I think that's kind of funny. I, I don't think he's beating Diego Rubiro, but I do think he's going to medal in – a 50 because 50s are his bread and butter he can pop off a 50 at any time it's not it's not like the longer events where he's like sometimes inconsistent but he's meddled in the 50s before i still think he's one of the best 50 stroke swimmers in the world i think he'll get at least one medal probably probably the 50 fly or the 50 breast but yeah i think he's meddling agreed i say i think he wins two medals uh individually yeah. um he's going for he's finaled in all 450s before the world champs mm -hmm. i think it would be freaking epic mm -hmm. if he won four medals mm -hmm. at a world champs in all 450s which is his goal which i think is an awesome goal yeah uh so like that's what i'll be rooting for but i'll give him i'll give him two just because i don't yeah you know I, it's a lot <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's a lot of sprinting for yeah. one Espe meet. Especially, no offense to him, but especially with Michael Andrew, you never know. You never know what he's gonna be like. It's he's so unpredictable. That's a you. It would take a remarkable amount of consistency, which yeah. I'm sure he does in training. But like, I, and I hope he does this at that meet too. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Wonder I won't even wonder. ask her. Those are fun. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Shane Casas at this meet? Shane Casas. I think this is actually... What do you think he's going to do? Him? Because this is a lower stakes meet than what he's typically used to. And obviously he couldn't even perform at a lower stakes meet like the US Open. But he, I'm sure he knows this about himself as well, that he has trouble at higher stakes meets. But if you give him... A platform like this is still a big meet, but it's not as big as like an Olympics or honestly even Olympic trials to me. Like this is a chance for him to really do well without the pressure on his back. And I think if he does well, it's going to give him a lot of confidence headed into 
the Olympic trials. Well, you know, he's, he's a world's medalist in 2022. He had a sensational short course worlds in 2021 in Abu Dhabi. Uh, so he's performed well in the middle East before. Um, so I'm, I, I really hope what you just said comes, comes to yeah. fruition for yeah. him. He's the 50 fly, the hundred fly and the 200 IM, which I think are great events for him minus the 50 fly, but I don't really care. Oh, like, I don't, I don't, you know, it's not an Olympic event. We're in an Olympic year. Like if yeah. you medal, woo, if not, okay. So I think if, if he has, he has a shot to do great in the hundred fly and the 200 IM where he's already hit stellar time. I think if he goes his in season times in those events, he wins two world oh, titles. Oh, yeah. You know, one fifty six zero and 50.8, 50. 50.6. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say that for the 200. I'm just because Carson Foster is also swimming in that event and he's been 155 before. And I think there's a Duncan Scott, I believe, is also swimming the 200 I am. Um, I still, I still think 156.0 yeah. wins. But when you when you have three guys who have been under that, yeah. oh, and I, I guess Dia Seto's in that race as well. Like, you can't really yeah, count yeah. on that being the winning time. Mm-hmm. Fair, but I do think that wins. But you know, anyway, um, I I hope I hope Shane has a great meet. I, ho- I and I'm really excited to see him swim on U.S. relays too. Okay, cool then. Over, over under two world records broken. Oh, so let's say two point five. Two point five. Well, or one point five. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Set so what what line do you want to set there? One point five or one point five? I like one point five. Uh, it under. <laughs> I'm saying one or zero world records at this world championships. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I uh, I think, I think there's a high possibility of one, like in in x event you know like ruda might go nuts and do something in the 50 or the 100 sarah showstrom always swims fast pretty much always so like she could pop something i don't think she will though um we won't see any from relays but you know it's like you could from someone i guess but kate douglas could break a world record I think that's possible. That would be very interesting. That would be crazy. Dang. If the 200 breast world record wasn't so nuts already, like, <laughs> yeah, that could be a possibility. Yeah, she could have broken it if the 200 breast world record was still held by Tatiana Schumacher, but Chukanova just blew that door open. You know, what really what she could break a world record in, I think, is yeah. the 100 fly. She's not swimming the 100 fly, I believe. Well, she could if she was swimming it. Well, she's not. You're right. No. That's what she needs to time trial at this meet, though. Maybe she just, like, does the reverse of going for a split and in the 50 fly keeps going. She just keeps going. That would be so funny. Like, just tell the judge ahead of time. You know, it's like, hey, I'm actually not going to stop. I'm just going to... 
turn around and keep going, going for the world record here. And then she goes out, you know, she goes out with the field and then so you think she's going to win, but then she keeps going and she just forfeits exactly. her medal to get a world record. How much of a, of a boss statement would it be if she meddled in the 50 fly and then turned and broke the world record in the 100 fly? You know, I want to say Jane Yufei do that, not Kate Douglas. Because Jane Yufei is a proven 50 fly star. And she's the best 100 butterfly in the world. I want to see that from her. She's a proven butterfly star, right? Oh. <laughs> like 50 to 200. Yeah. Yeah. She can do it all. That that would be fun. I, I, I feel like you could get quite a few people who, who do that. Like, I think Tori Husk would be good in that. I think Showstrom would be good in that. I think if you could talk Emma McKeon into it, it would be I don't think she would why, do it. Why but... do we have to talk Emma McKeon into doing it? Because I think she'd be good at it. Like, I think there are a lot but of why people. Why do we have to talk it. her into doing it and not everyone else? I think people, other people would be more willing. I think Emma oh. McKeon is like. Is it because she's Australian? I, no, it's because she only sprints now. I guess so does Sarah, but whatever. <laughs> or like Emma McKeon hasn't swum the 100 fly in a while. Okay. Or butterfly period. Anyway um yeah what do you think oh over under 1.5 world records I, i'm going under this is exactly yeah. how i found out about the this is really stupid of me to admit but i didn't know what the 0.5 meant in over and unders until now like now i'm realizing it's so you can have like a concrete right. <laughs> so there's no ties yeah yeah when at, at most swim meets where Jack Spitzer and I are together, we we will do over under on a time. No, it's so funny because last week, um, when the Iowa women's basketball team came to play at Northwestern, and we were doing like over unders for how many points Caitlin Clark would score, and everyone was saying like the over and under was thirty three point five. I'm like, what is thirty three point five? How you can how can you score half a point? But now I know. Guys, wait! You can't score half a point. <laughs> How what? How many points did she score? She scored thirty five. Wow, that's a yeah. lot. I I was covering that game. You guys should all read my feature. It's all pinned on my Twitter, ex formerly known as Twitter. But anyways, wait, Yinyan, actually, while while I have you here, I want to divert from swimming and ask oh you, God. what are what are your thoughts on Caitlin Clark, uh, going pro versus oh. her staying in college and making a, a crap ton of money. Now, we're, we're, this is just a sports podcast now. Um, <laughs> yep. I think she should go pro. I think there's a really cool opportunity for her to play with Aaliyah Boston in Indiana because mm -hmm. I think the problem with her, Iowa, is like none of her teammates are on her level. But if she has someone mm -hmm. like Aaliyah Boston, like they can be like the dynamic duo, the Shaq and Kobe of the WNBA. And I think – I think she just she's just at the point where she she's like she's done almost everything she can in college and I just don't see how it's beneficial for a career to stay in college. Also, it improves her chances of making the Olympic team if she goes pro. I, I think. That's I don't know. I don't know how the selection works because it's very discreet, but I think it will help. But yeah, that that's my take. Will she break the record? for scoring the women's record yeah probably the overall record i think there's a chance but if she breaks it people are gonna be like oh my god because pete maverick 
broken in three years and people are gonna play the asterisk game with that has she been in college for four years yeah got it <clears throat> this is her fourth year okay okay Wow. Okay. Thank, thank you for giving me and our listeners that knowledge on Caitlin Clark. I was reading about her the other day, so I was interested. Yeah. There was a really good New York Times feature on her that was written the other day. There you go. Go read the New York Times feature on Caitlin Clark, brought to you by Yin Yin. <laughs> okay. I, I, okay. Yin Yin, any final topic about this World Champs you um, want to discuss? I, I mean, I think we've, we've hit the highlights, but give me your thoughts. Well... I just think, I, I said this before, I think this World Championships is a very good opportunity to just test things out because you have the big meat feel, but you also know that this is a low stakes meet. So I think we'll see some pretty unique things happen. And I think this is a really good stepping stone. And I think having that experience under your belt, especially for a lot of the younger swimmers, it's going to help them a lot come time for the Olympics. And I just think at first, when I first heard about this World Championships, I wasn't a fan of it as well, but I've grown to like the idea of it more, and I'm very excited. Hopefully, I can catch some of the meet on the weekends. Maybe I'll tune in on Sunday, but um, we'll see. I'm definitely very excited, regardless of whether I can watch it or not. Yeah, I think I think that about does it for us. Uh, again, Finals for these 2024 World Championships in Doha start this Sunday at 10 a.m. Central U.S. time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. You can catch all the coverage on Swim Swam, and we will see you next time.